The Capital Weekly Podcast is supported by TASSEN, the Tribal Alliance of Sovereign Indian Nations. Funding for the Capital Weekly Podcast is provided by the California Endowment and by TASSEN, the Tribal Alliance of Sovereign Indian Nations. Greetings and welcome to Capital Weekly's regular podcast. I'm John Howard. I'm joined by Tim Foster. Hello. And Assemblyman Jim Cooper who, among other things, was in the Sheriff's Department for 30 years yes. plus, and was the founding mayor of Elk Grove, I understand. Yes. And that makes you totally qualified to talk about DNA. Absolutely. And we wanted to ask you about that. You've got legislation, as yes. I understand it. And yesterday, of course, the big news in our part of the world was the capture of a suspect in the East Area Rapist case. We don't call it Golden State Killer, by the way. It's East right. Area Rapist. East Area Rapist, rapist. <laughs> yes. I grew up in the East Area. Um, so you were there, I understand. What Can you tell me a little bit about the DNA, as you understand it, the role DNA played in the... Uh, familiar the DNA. Mm-hmm. So they got someone that was close to him, a relative, and then started putting the pieces together and obviously tracked him down, uh, did a surveillance, followed him, and at some point he sipped on a straw or smoked a cigarette and discarded something, and they retrieved that piece of evidence and then tested it for his DNA. So that actually brought the case to a conclusion, and no one ever fathomed that he would be here in the Sacramento area. Is the DNA, um, is there a time, is there a deterioration rate for DNA? I mean, if you get it from a year ago, 20 right. years ago, 30 no, years ago? 40 years ago. As long as it's preserved properly, um, it still works. There's, there's a case in Yuba City. It was 44 years old, or 43 years old, when uh-huh. they solved it. And they just put the clothing away the girls wore meticulously, and they preserved the evidence. So it can, you can go back years, decades. Based, based on your experience, what... What happened after he was arrested? Was he debriefed, interrogated? Um, yeah, they would take him down and interrogate him. And, okay. You know, someone like him may just, you know, not talk at all. You have people that do that and just say nothing. Do you have any, um, from again, based on your experience, do you have any notion of what's going to happen legally with him in terms of maybe pleading out or do they actually get to a courtroom? I, I, I see it pleading out. He's got, um, he's facing 12 different murder charges in multiple jurisdictions. So at some point you just, you plead out. But this case is, is so notorious, I definitely see them seeking the death penalty. Uh-huh. If, his defense lawyer, I assume, whoever that is, you might have an appointed attorney, I don't know how that will play right. out, but his defense lawyer, I would think, would want to keep uh, the death penalty off the table as sure. much as possible. Sure. In his age, I mean, they, they might do that. What's troubling is the only reason he stopped was because of his age. Because oh. er, er, think about it, early on, he was young, he, he was chased and pursued and actually shot somebody and was hopping fences. So yeah. at his age, obviously he's in his 70s now, he had to stop at some point because he couldn't get around. Otherwise, if he, were, if, he, if he was younger, his reign still would have continued. Mm-hmm. If he pleads out, um, does he have to allocute? Does he have to come up before the judge as part of a plea arrangement? Plea bargain, yeah, and he, he just admit his guilt. Just admits guilt. Yes, so that, that, that is an option to go ahead and do that. Um, I've heard a little bit of discussion about the fact that there's not enough DNA testing uh, labs, yeah. and I know you're interested in that issue too. What, what's the situation on DNA right now as far as testing goes and uniformity statewide? Right. So what happened in 2009, they, uh, sorry, 2004, they p- passed Prop 69, high voter turnout, to get DNA samples from anybody arrested in California for a felony. Mm-hmm. So if you were booked in county jail, they swabbed your cheek for DNA. And you didn't have to be convicted. Just arrested, just yes. But so, arrested and booked. So we got a lot, of, a lot of matches on DNA from individuals. They were pouring in, um, solved a lot of cold cases. Yeah. In 2014... And it was limited to felonies. Limited to felonies only. 2014, low voter turnout. We had Prop 47. It was called the Safe Streets and Schools Initiative. And in the initiative, the proponents never talked about DNA in the literature, 
anywhere. It never talked about DNA, but it dropped seven crimes from felonies to misdemeanors, all drug and theft crimes. Hmm. So since then, the unintended consequence was your DNA hits. California DOJ is getting about 2,000 less cold case hits a year, and that adds up to about 400 or 450 rapes and murders we're not solving because of DNA. Wow. So when Jerry Brown was AG, when Kamala was AG, DOJ did studies and talked about how good DNA was. And when you arrested somebody like on a cold case hit for a, for a murder or a rape series, that DNA came from a theft for drugs or theft. There's scientific data proving that, that link to that. Mm-hmm. So that's our cold case hits. Then we have the... the I don't have it. Oops. Um, the two girls in Yuba City, um, mm. 12 and 13 years old, 44 years ago, they were raped and killed, shot in the back of the head. Jeez. They got a cold case hit two years ago for someone arrested for a drug case back in 2009. Might have been a relative or might have been? No, a neighbor that lived nearby, a couple of miles away. A cold case hit, uh, solved and arrested them, ended up arresting two individuals. 44 years later, that case does not happen today in present tense or since 2014 because the law changed. Yeah. And it, it's, it's just troubling. So I, I came in in 2014. I ran a bill in 2015 uh, for DNA 390. It got out of public safety and went to the assembly floor and passed 64 to 2. Went to the Senate Public Safety Committee and died. The next year, I offered another bill for DNA, um, AB 16. Couldn't even get the bill heard in the Assembly Public Safety Committee. So what was the, what was the counter-argument? What was the, why didn't they, they don't want DNA. They don't want anything to overturn Prop 47. They were opposed to DNA. And what was troubling is people have been exonerated for a lot of DNA cases. Yeah. Recently, the governor exonerated an individual that had been arrested in prison for years. They put, submitted the DNA and said, nope, it's not him. He got out. So, you know, you have Project Innocence Project. A lot yeah. of colleges have students doing these cases and looking at it and going back to DNA. So it really cuts both ways. But the proponents or the opponents never want to talk about that issue. So then this year, I do another DNA bill. This is my third time now. It gets out of committee and goes to appropriations. It gets gutted and amended in appropriations and changes the bill, changes the bill entirely. So I had to walk away from the bill. So I, I tried three times to fix it. Why did it go to a probes? I mean, what is there Cause, a... Because even though it goes, it goes to the committee, one or two committees, it depends if it's double-referred or triple-referred. Yeah. And then it goes to appropriation to talk about the cost. The cost was minimal, I think $200,000, because we'd been collecting DNA back in 2014. Did it get so, out of a policy committee before it went to a got, got out of, Yeah, got out of a policy committee first, and then got basically gutted and amended. It, yeah. it, it killed the bill effectively in appropriations. Yeah, okay. So that was a troubling part, and when you talk to folks... Folks, it really incenses people about this. I mean, you think about rapes. Women are more likely to be victims of rape and sexual assault. One in five women have been raped in their lifetime. 83% of women rape victims under the age of 24. Low-income women are four times more likely to be victims of violent crime. And on average, 70% of the unsolved rape and murder cases in multiple studies by the Department of Justice have been connected to a lower level offense, theft or drug crimes. Ten other states did the same study. So here you have Cal DOJ, our DOJ here in California, multiple states saying, hey, when you saw these cold case hits, drug and theft crimes are what the individuals were arrested for. So scientific data, but it just falls on deaf ears here. 
and can't get out of committee. So it's, so it's very troubling. Now, at the uh, press conference yesterday, Bruce Harrington spoke. He was a brother of uh, one of the victims and, and brother-in-law of another of the victims. Correct. And very compelling when he spoke. And he referred to his experience trying to get uh, expansion of DNA collection and, and basically run into, I think he referred to it as a buzzsaw. Yes. And he's he said, I think he said straight out that John Burton is his nemesis as far as he was concerned. So is that the type of situation where you're just finding that people are not willing to, to explore this? Yeah, I, I wasn't here then, so I can't comment on that part. But yeah, people don't want to explore it. And that's not the will of the voters. You, you ask the public, the public's like, yeah. And the thing is, what's ironic is 97 or 98% of the people will never have their DNA taken. They aren't getting arrested for felonies, the majority of the public. Yeah. So it's like, it's not, there's no DNA database or Ancestry.com. This is people that are doing, you know, bad things. And like I said, the DNA is only submitted on these serious cases, you know, murders, rapes, very violent cases. They're not submitting DNA for misdemeanors. And these opponents, they flat out lie about things. Oh, DNA, we're going to build new prisons. You know, just the, the rhetoric that comes out is just, is just totally false. Is, is the situation right now? That DNA can still it can be taken from people booked for felonies. Yes, that still happens in that's California. Law right now. So so it's amazing how just seven crimes they've got two thousand less hits off seven crimes. And those are exemptions from current law. Yeah, all, all it does is just reinstate Prop Forty Seven, the, the correct DNA collection. We're not looking to overturn Prop Forty Seven, no. you know. And it, like I said, we're not looking to put anybody else in prison. This just aids in the cold case investigations. And, and DAs, like I said, when they submit a cold case. For a DNA hit or something, or current case, it, it's first a serious crime, uh, a rape, a robbery, or a homicide, things like that. Has the governor's office, uh, you ever talked to them about the issue, or have you got a response? I mean, you've had earlier legislators. Are they, is Brown in on this? Or I have will Gavin be whoever the next person is? I have a great deal of respect for the governor, but we're at odds on this. We see it two different ways. Uh-huh. Is the... Um, is this evidence generally accepted by the courts? It is. It is. It is absolutely. The DNA testing has changed over the years, right? Right. I mean, the, the yeah, it's 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 a lot better, and like I said, it works, and it's exonerated a lot of people. And like the thing is, the opponents never admit that, and they, they don't want to talk about that. And it's it's just it's, it's mind-boggling. You have caucuses in here in the building um, that uh, purport to you know have the best interests of women in mind, and. Um, they've never endorsed or supported bills like this, so you know if it, it is troubling. I've got four daughters, and I guess I compare it to if someone comes home in this day and age, and your loved one's been killed, and there's no witnesses, no one's there, no video, uh, no neighbors. Um, that case may hinge on DNA. So I th- would think anybody would want to have that opportunity to, to find out who did that if they could. Has nothing to do with DNA, but I saw a T-shirt. Some guy was wearing a T-shirt the other day, and it says, "Nothing makes me afraid. I have daughters." Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I, don't I, need, I need one of those. I want one of those too. Yeah. Um, do you have any notion how many cases uh, have been in error because of DNA testing? Is there some? Is there I, an error? I know there was in the, mar- in the, the uh, excuse me, the, the death penalty project. Right. And scores of people. I think it went up to 150, 170, or something. Were Right. That Chicago case, they're just right, just, um, just like anything. And I, I think sometimes you know you do have some poor investigations, but yeah. with DNA now, I mean, compared to then, science is so much further along, just like technology, where DNA is, is very very accurate, and that's why cases are being reexamined, controversial cases, uh-huh. to make sure you have the right person. So I I, I support one hundred percent. I don't want to see someone wrongly convicted. At the same time, if someone did something bad, 
they should be held accountable. Like I said, the majority of Californians and people in this country don't do bad things. So we've got to ask ourselves, why are we protecting you know, 6% of the population that commits 70% of the crimes? Mm-hmm. What is the rationale behind that? I don't really care what your, what your race or sex is, or orientation. If you're raping and killing people, you need to be held accountable. Like I said, on the East Area Rapist, he would still be going today if he was not old. That's the bottom line. That's what stopped him. He was old. He couldn't jump fences and run and, and operate the way he did. So age caught up with him. So it's just a travesty. And as we know, a lot of rapes are underreported. So imagine how many more rapes occurred via the East Area Rapists that we never knew about because the victims were too afraid or shamed to come forward. Right? There's no doubt in my mind there are more victims, significantly more victims. When the investigators collect the DNA, right? do they turn it over to the state? Do they turn it like the, the DNA? Lo- lo- local crime lab. The local so, crime lab. So for instance, a, a rape victim would go to uh, one of the local hospitals and have a rape exam done. And it's a standardized rape kit that we have. I passed that bill last year, the governor signed, and take the evidentiary exam. And then any clothing or other items of evidence, evidentiary value, uh-huh. will be booked into evidence. And for instance, if anything that's been soiled, you make sure you dry it out to preserve that evidence. And that's why... So the so, chain of custody is local. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, it stays local. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So that works very well. And the state, I understand, I remember actually covering this, this years ago now, when they wanted to put in a, uh, improve the statewide labs. Right. And they... I can't remember who carried that bill now, but but it was a big deal then, and they really they there were a lot of resources that went into better laboratories, statewide uniformity, the whole thing. But right. they don't play a case like in this case, they weren't primary investigators in this. This was local investigations. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And it's just amazing that the reach he had throughout California, mm-hmm. and he was able to do all this and actually tie these cases together with that DNA. So they've got a very strong case. Do you do you have a sense of? Uh, how many cold cases out there are being checked against the DNA database? A, a, a lot more. They're, they're coming in. They're hiring additional officers to come in and just work on nothing but cold cases uh-huh. and, and review that entire case to make sure if anything's been missed and also recent examples because someone may not have been arrested back then. So on an old case in yeah. the 70s or 80s, and you resubmit it now, and they've gotten arrested, and you have that DNA sample. Yeah, okay. Jim Cooper, thank you very much. Thank you, guys. Thanks yeah, for your absolutely, time. Absolutely, yeah. A lot of, uh, it was very interesting, a lot of fun. Tim Foster, yep. thank you very much. Thanks, John. And this is John Howard, and we will see you next time around. All right, thanks.